It's best if you don't reach out. The unexceptional late 30s male against COVID-19, genital herpes, and $18 an hour employment. For more adventures, visit my website, bestifyoudon't.com. Part 39. I'm sad, but my old boss is sadder. I nailed the statewide training. I didn't even prepare that much. That counseling certification program Esperanza Siempre sent me to in Chicago was the most useful piece of training I have ever received. Honestly, I would have liked to go back and redone my group home days with all those skills to help young people seek pro-social replacement activity. A lot of the tools are common sense, so I guess my staff and I achieve the same results through trial and error, but my counseling modality is really spot on. The treatment is designed for substance abuse, but you can replace substance abuse with any negative behavior and the remedy is the same. You can't talk somebody out of a destructive habit, but you can help them succeed at goals they find more important up to the point where destructive habits lose appeal like writing this book instead of drawing herpes on myself. I facilitated the statewide training from a video conference room and went through the entire curriculum of which I am certified with examples from my years of experience. The curriculum used to be a closed curriculum that only those of us with certifications could access, but the licensing body reconsidered this position when COVID-19 triggered a lot of substance abuse and opened it. The authors made the associated forms available for free online and only recommended certification. From the pandemic forward, clinicians no longer needed to be certified to use this specific treatment. After my statewide training, I was regarded as my lame case management agency's substance abuse expert and imbued with the ability to train others. The next meeting I attended was about building an original substance abuse program. I was going to teach classes on site, and my groups were going to be the first in-person service to welcome clients back into the office. Until now, my lame case management agency always referred substance abuse cases to Esperanza Siempre. In fact, until this discussion about offering our own drug and alcohol meetings, I dreaded the day an overdose case might land on my lap. I didn't want to collaborate with Strange Hippie Lady and then appear on Businesswoman's Radar. Now I couldn't wait for them to find out why the referrals, at least from the place I work, dried up. An immediate challenge to my ultimate goal was that I was going to have to work under a big tent. The higher-ups wanted me to facilitate a group for 12-17 through 17 year old males needing social skills, anger management, and substance abuse recovery. The age range was too wide and the needs were too varied. Those demographics should have been split into several targeted groups, but executive leadership wasn't convinced there were enough clients willing to come into the building. Somehow, I needed to successfully engage with both an archetypal 12-year-old wanting to make friends in middle school and an archetypal 17-year-old on the cusp of dropping out of high school because he carries a gun and sells drugs and every type of client in between. Eventually, I got it done. I created an atmosphere where the younger clients were comfortable clowning and asking questions and the older clients felt good passing down brotherly advice from their own experiences. I couldn't lean too far into seedy topics, but when an older boy needed a private talk, I kept him after class. My group was going to be a hit. Yet another challenge included a partner forced upon me. 
While Esperanza Siempre had no problem selling me and my former co-workers to the community as clinical therapists, my lame case management agency was too by the book. I couldn't be too upset being relegated to a meager case manager with a counseling certification, because that's what I was. But being paired with a master's level therapist caused me some concern. Her name was Amy, and she was just out of college and thought she knew more than she did. Amy wasn't ready for that 17-year-old tiptoeing the line between staying in high school or murdering a rival gangbanger. She was well-suited for the 12-year-old wanting to make friends, though. My own supervisor, Contessa, assured me that Amy was there just to justify the billing codes since we were calling our service therapy as opposed to life skills, and that all that content was still entirely up to me. Amy scheduled a video meeting with me, even though she was only a hallway away, and I tutored her beyond my crash course at the statewide training. I came to respect Amy's skills and appreciated the artistic activities she showed up with, even if making glitter submarine tubes didn't always gel with my memories of how old alpha male used to run a teen drug class. I think Amy came to respect my skills, but several times she scheduled video meetings with me for the love of God just walk over to my desk to complain about how I blindsided her with a totally inappropriate rant about genital herpes and pressed me on why I needed to divert from the lesson plan and tell all the boys they can still catch herpes while wearing a condom. Well, Amy, that's just good information for everybody to know. My group was a hit. My hit group grew in popularity enough that the higher-ups eventually asked Amy if she would be comfortable spinning off a girls' group, and she agreed. We parted with no hard feelings, and again, I think she's a quality clinician. She received a case manager partner from Contessa's team, and I received a new therapist partner from the clinical services team. My new partner's name was Nika, and she was wonderful. Nika was incredibly knowledgeable and talented, like Amy, but also with some lived experiences like me. That helped keep the vibe closer to what I was used to when working with old alpha male. I think a safe space for sharing with conversation spoken in the language of the dominant counterculture makes for a perfect boys group. Having both a rewarding boys group and a supervisor I admired kept me at my lame case management agency for way longer than I had ever anticipated. The clinical services director, who originally tapped me for the statewide training and got the ball rolling on my group, tried to expand my role in the company again and assigned me a college intern. This development was a bummer for two reasons. One, with an intern in tow, I couldn't go to the gas station multiple times a day. And two, my intern was kind of forgettable, like she literally had no personality. But my group co-facilitator Nika was such a great partner, she even took my boring intern off my hand several times a week. For a brief moment in time, I was content doing the type of work I once only did out of necessity while between other endeavors. I also stopped giving a fuck about robbing referrals from businesswomen. The teens we helped made a greater accomplishment. My work life was so stable at the lame case management agency that I am pivoting back to trauma and sex for the next five chapters before I tell you about another rage quit. 
But don't worry. My contribution to the great resignation of 2021 is worthy of the work reform and anti-work movements. It's best if you don't reach out. The unexceptional late 30s male against COVID-19, genital herpes, and $18 an hour employment. For more adventures, visit my website, bestifyoudon't.com.